This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman. I wish I could do my best Malcolm impression because he can come in to these songs every Monday morning a little smoother than I can. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, when you bring Tina Turner to the table, it's all okay. I guess you're celebrating that she was inducted into the Hall of Fame last night? Yeah, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, you would think that that would have been something that happened a long time ago. Amen. But uh, it happened just the other night uh, along with some other great great uh, rock and roll artists um, and just, you know, celebrate her this morning. But how you doing this morning, Carol? We have a special guest in the building. Yeah, J- uh, Jav, I'm doing great because my friend Joe Sherman uh, is here with me filling in for Malcolm. It's always good to have a good friend across the table. Well, good morning, Joe. Thank you, Carol. Good morning to you. Good morning, Java. Good morning to all the listeners out there. Uh, it's a out great, there in radio that's land. That's right. It's a, great, it's, a, it's a great day to be in Mississippi with this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful weather. So It uh, absolutely is. And we've got a lot of gifts around the table this morning. But, Java, I wanted to start with you. I have uh, brought a gift with you. It's actually not from me, Uh-oh. but it's from Cherie Rose Kelly, who uh-huh. was our guest a few weeks ago. She was promoting her book, Serving Up Summer, and she's the CEO of Bell Mead Winery. Yeah. And she had this hand-delivered oh, wow. to my house. So for you, wow. it's Gentleman's Blend and Red Muscadine wine. Okay. And I'm expecting to see the Red Muscadine <laughs> on your Thanksgiving table. Yeah, now Muscadine wine, that's funny because that's one of my uh, one of my dad's favorite. He always, I forget the brand that's made in Natchez, um, but he, he, he always has some Muscadine wine uh, sliding around the table. <laughs> okay, well, a happy Thanksgiving early. And it's November 1st, and we, you know, start the Thanksgiving countdown. We're through with Halloween. Wayne, but we are not through with pumpkin spice. Not at all. And not at all. To the, but if you go to the stores, some people have already skipped over to Christmas, though. Yeah. The decorations yeah. are out. Well, but but I, on our table this morning, we have a gift from Joe Sherman, who wanted to add to the pumpkin spice conversation. <laughs> One of his, the many hats he wears, is owner of a Dunkin' Donuts. And what do we have, Java? The pumpkin spice... In various forms. <laughs> yes. We have pumpkin spice latte, hot and cold, iced. We have pumpkin spice donut. We have a pumpkin spice muffin. Uh, so, I mean, we've had pumpkin since September 30th. And we have customers asking us how long we're going to keep it. So now my manager's ordering it and stocking it up in the store so they can carry it through March, I believe. I mean, <laughs> these, I, I believe that you could sell pumpkin through at least May. And then pretty soon. That is hysterical. I mean, they love it. And it really doesn't taste like pumpkin. Well, <laughs> I, I feel really bad because I have been do- dogging pumpkin on this show for, this is, I think, the third Thanksgiving and fall, and I have actually never had a pumpkin spice latte till this morning, and it's good. What do you think, Java? Yeah, that's the thing. When I when I took a sip of it and I told Joe, I said, "This is this is not that bad." I think they were expecting to spit out the seeds. I don't know what they're doing. (laughs) I was expecting it to be, you know, just the thought of it to me, but. My pumpkin spice donut 
it's very, I mean, it doesn't, there's no pumpkin in it, there's is there? There's none in it, none at all. It's all, it's all spices that go in pumpkin pies, as we were just discussing earlier. It's, it's not really, you, you, there's no hint of pumpkin. It's fall spices. And they asked me earlier, um, with, because of my Lebanese descent, do we, are we planning to put pumpkin spice in Kibbe? And I told them if we did that, I'm going Italian immediately. <laughs> I'm going full-fledged Italian, nothing but pasta. Well, I'm really sorry Malcolm's not here to taste the pumpkin spice <laughs> well, I'll bring latte. him some. We'll have it for a while. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, so, what have you been up to in your kitchen, Joe? Well, uh, Mary Pryor's taken over, which is a lot of fun. She's a great cook, but I like to kind of, you know, get in there and mess around. But we've had uh, white bean chicken chili. We've had uh, a, 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 ch- a soup that is on this Optavia diet that is phenomenal. It's kind of like taco soup, but low-carb, low-carb. But you, get, you eat three times as much. So I don't know if it really pays <laughs> off or not. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, we've stocked up on red beans, uh, on kidney beans for red beans and rice. So we're getting the, the pantry ready. And I went in there. I know she's listening. So I went in there this morning to make sure that I had all the stuff she needed for her cornbread because she makes phenomenal cornbread. She said, you did go by, didn't you? And I said, sure. Yeah, it must have been last year. <laughs> so when I leave here, I'm going to get some uh, cornbread dressing. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Yeah, that that's hysterical. But I love seeing the posts that you and Mary Pryor do uh, on cooking and coping. You have such a happy table always. <laughs> well, it's, it's always so inviting. And, um, you know, you and I work together. At Viking, and we've been in the cooking wars, and didn't we have a wonderful we time? Had, we had a great time. I learned, I mean, that's where I learned all of this. I didn't know, as I said before, I didn't know a, a fry pan from a, a size uh, large white turtleneck. So <laughs> I learned, I kind of learned the difference. I kind of learned the importance of what to have, what not to have, and when to have it. So, uh, and learned how to use it through Carol, all the. Uh, chefs that she's exposed us to all the chefs that viking exposed us to so it's been phenomenal we made a trip to lusco's in greenwood before they closed and all i wanted was uh, all i wanted was pompano that's all i wanted i didn't care if they had i didn't even care if they had a knife and a fork as long as they had pompano (laughs) i'm gonna eat well that's the first thing you see pompano it's got a big line through it i went well great so i happened to be looking at some photos i'd taken at mr chin's I said, those fish look like pompano. So he gets in fish every Friday night, flies it in, fish, lobster. And I went in there, and sure enough, it was pompano. So you I got bought, it. I'm, I'm cooking my own pompano. It's yeah, pretty good. I, I cook mine in season. Uh, John Lester at Dugan's has it really? in season. It's usually, I think, around January. I'll, I'll text you okay, when good. the pompano I, I love it. comes it was, in. It was, it was fun. But Joe's talking about Mr. Chin's, which is a Chinese restaurant and uh, and grocery market. And I know it well because you hang out there, I and I, I see what all you buy. Well, Leanne, Leanne, she hangs out there. I think she works there. I mean, she's always talking about it. She, she, I think she stops by there every day, every weekend. She comes back from Greenwood and teaching a class. And look, if you don't know Leanne, yeah, that's Leanne Galt, go. who is one of the founders of Cooking and Coping, and also one of the one of the people that just the go to person on cooking and coping. She, she gets. Tons of comments on her wonderful food. She's converted a lot of uh, also-rans to really great cooks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. she has, as have you. 
Now, with the Tara, you've been mentioning cooking and coping. Has it been? Have you seen like a, a big shift as we keep going toward fall? People are uh, pushing toward some of these uh, more, like Joe was saying, stocking a pantry with your chilies and your and your beans, getting ready for these hearty these hearty one pots. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I would say we're seeing a lot of one pot meals and lots of soups. The soups right. are really making me hungry. They, they, they look really good. Butter, they, butternut squash soup. I saw somebody. Uh, do yesterday, but I wanted to comment on Mary Pryor making red beans and rice. On Cooking and Coping Friday, a former Jacksonian who now lives in Virginia named Rusty Burwell (laughs) posted red beans and rice on a Friday. And as we all know, down here, red beans and rice is a Monday dish because (laughs) it's what women in the olden days when we did the laundry... uh, (laughs) Put on the stove all day while you know they were doing the laundry. So I, I you know, commented. I said, "How can you possibly have red beans and rice on a Friday?" And he said, "The laws are different in Virginia." That's a great answer. That is, that is good. That's that is a good maneuver. <laughs> so does um, does Mary Purple sausage in a red beans and rice, or are you veg? No, we I cook it uh, separately on the uh, grill, and we eat it on the side. But really? she makes. My mother never cooked. I don't think she cooked that bean dish in her life. But my, Mary Pryor did, and my dad loved red beans and rice. So whenever he would come or they would come, we'd always had red beans and rice because Mary Pryor she she knocks it out of the park. She does a great job with it. So yeah, uh, I know you're listening, it. Mary Pryor. We love you. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, my taste buds still haven't strayed far from Austria, uh, Joe. I don't know if you know. I went to. Austria about a week and a half ago, very quick trip, long story to support uh, a young conductor, musical conductor from Jackson, William Garfield Walker, who was performing at the Carnegie Hall of Austria. Anyway, Mississippi's very proud of this young man. Anyway, my taste buds haven't left there. And uh, as I told everybody last week, I brought sauerkraut home in my suitcase. <laughs> it was trying to evade the drug dogs <laughs> at the Atlanta airport. But um, I made a dish. It's called choucroute garni, and it's actually an Alsatian dish. And, you know, Alsace always pop between, you know, France and Germany. It just depends on... Yeah, what, what month of the year? <laughs> but it's also done a lot in Austria, and so I took all my five pounds of, <laughs> of sauerkraut. I mean, this is what I brought John Palmer to say: <laughs> "I love you." Sauerkraut. Nothing says "I and love you" like sauerkraut. That's you know? exactly right. <laughs> and and you, and you uh, cook it down, and the flavor that's so unique to it is juniper berries, which are hard. Uh-huh. Hard to find. I got some there. You can order order them online. And then it had four different kinds of sausage. And over there, they eat sausage for everything. Or, you know, frankfurters. They're not like our hot dogs. Uh, they're long, you know, they're big and long and, and curved. So I had uh, actually Whole Foods was running a special on all these. European style sausages like bratwurst, knockwurst, frankfurters, and um, so I cooked all that down in a big pot. It just mm. smelled wonderful, and John was a happy man. <laughs> it <bet>. did. <laughs> it good. did indeed say I love you. And then this weekend I cooked pork schnitzel, 
I just like to say it. That sounds great. What's it taste like? <laughs> it tastes delicious. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Wiener Schnitzel <laughs> is one of the, the national dishes of Austria, and that's made with you know, pounded veal, and this is made of pounded pork. So um, I hope I get over my Austrian phase soon. You may be having that for Thanksgiving, John. Look out. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Joe, I know we uh, said thank you earlier about being a special guest on the show, but I think another thank you is in order for me because you kind of turned me on to pumpkin spice. I guess (laughs) I I haven't. It was just... Oversaturation of the market, and I and I turn my nose to pumpkin spice. Like, who wants that? But this is not bad. It's not, bad. Is not I, bad. It's, it's just a, it's just another spice. But you know, they they market it like it's the only spice. You know, and they do a really good job of it. And uh, everybody has it. I mean, Duncan has it. Uh, Starbucks has it. I mean, it's in the grocery Spam stores. Has Spam it. has it. Spam, I mean, yes, Spam has it. I mean, I saw somebody, I, I know it was Photoshop, but had, uh, I hope it was anyway, pumpkin, pumpkin spice tamales. Went, oh, oh, God. Lord. I, I think I, I'm out, okay? I mean, you know, I, I don't. I never mix yeah. my spice, that kind of spice, sweet spice, with my protein, ever. Yeah. yeah, well, let's go ahead and get ready for our first break of today. When we return, we're going to be talking about the countdown to Thanksgiving, which has already begun. It is November 1st. And things are moving rapidly. We have Joe Sherman in here. Special guest is Malcolm White is out this morning. But it's myself, Java Chapman, Carol Puckett. Also, we're going to be talking with Tim Pierce a little bit later on in the show. So stay tuned. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman here with Carol Puckett and our special guest host today, Mr. Joe Sherman, a man of many hats. And this is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Now, the holiday season is just around the corner and it means time for gathering. Also, time for some great stories. We're looking for your holiday stories. So send them in to our email. That's food at mpbonline.org. We want to hear some great holiday stories and sharing with uh, the state of Mississippi. Yeah, Karen. I mean, and I love to hear holiday disasters, too. And, and I like to hear about them right now, so if anybody has a good one, yeah. call us. Yeah, call please us. call in 1-877-MPB-RING, <laughs> um, I, I said it a little bit later on in the, in the script about how some of the most disastrous times makes for the great stories, you know, yep. uh, during the holidays. Yep, like the person that ta- has the frozen, rock-solid <laughs> frozen turkey and takes it out the morning of Thanksgiving, not knowing it takes three days to unthaw. <laughs> uh, worse than that is trying to deep fry it. Ooh. <laughs> Been there, done that, so we didn't, we had... We had Lebanese food. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Java, I have to confess something before we get into Thanksgiving. What's up? While we were on the break, I posted uh, a photograph of Joe behind the microphone here on Cooking and Coping. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to share. He's already gotten like 20 likes, but um, here are a couple of comments. Uh Oh, 
from Jack Garner in Oxford. <laughs> he said Joe Sherman is the Casey Kasem of food. Wow. It's Java, it's Java spits out his pumpkin latte. I don't I don't know what he means by that. I guess he he brings the hits. Yeah, Casey Casey Kasem was Lebanese. Really? Yes. Casey Kasem Lebanese. Well, who knew? And the other one is from Charles Mortimer, Mortimer, who says, "I brought my I bought my first tuxedo from Joe in Starkville, circa 1974." And uh, you know, Joe is known as a <coughs> fashion uh, fashion person and. Worked at McRae's for many years, but he's probably talking about your cousin he George. Is. I, we get people get us confused all the oh, time. That's, oh, that's not you. Not no, you. They get, they get us confused all the time. And I, I tell a real quick story. When Mississippi State went to the Final Four in basketball, I took my son, who was at that time Anthony, sixteen years old. We ran to a friend of ours. We went to sign in. The, uh, my friend said, "Hey George, how you doing?" And I said, "I'm doing fine." And my son said, "Dad, he called you George." I said, "I know. It's just easier that way." Three days later. We're getting on the elevator to leave. The elevator door opens. He walks on. He says, man, George, it's too, too bad we lost. I said, yeah. He said, guess what? He said, I heard Joe was here. He said, I said, Dry Creek. He said, well, I said, I am Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it happens all the time. But I, George appreciates it. Yeah, and, and George's store in Starkville is yes. Sherman's? Sherm, it's George Sherman's Clothiers. He has some phenomenal uh, Mississippi State baseball championship gear. Try it out. Yeah. Some fabulous and they clothes. get y'all conf- confused Views. because you worked at, at McRae's for and, some and years. And we both have curly hair, and we're both Lebanese, and I guess they just can't tell the difference. But, you know, it's okay. We have lots of friends that way. We, we double up on our friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, being, being this uh, first day of November, um, now, you know, even for the worst procrastinator, it's like the, you still have plenty of time to get your Thanksgiving meal together. Like Carol just said, the one tip, it takes more than a few hours for your turkey to thaw out. So you have to, you have to plan ahead. And, and I, a month is, is about the right time you need, right, Jay? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, on a serious note, I think that the way that the, the supply chain is today, That's if true. you don't start now, you may, it may not be there. I went to... Kroger looking for saltines, the brand saltines. I was I went there four Same days in a row. Not, not when one you're box. out of saltines, you are, uh, yeah. that's a problem. I mean, so I mean, I do. I, I encourage you uh, to to shop early because you may have to go to more than one place, and unfortunately, you may have to go online instead of shop locally. However, I think it's very important to do it now. Because the shelves are going to start getting empty, you know. We're going to, I'm probably creating a you know false demand here, but I think you do need to have the the the. the uh, that's a great quickly, point. I, I just hope that there are no turkeys on those ships. Well, I was I was in. I hope, I, that, I hope that our turkeys are domestic. <laughs> I was. We were in um, Sam's or Costco, and I heard there had not they had not one turkey in the whole building, and I heard a customer ask about turkeys, and he said they'll probably be here in two weeks. Excellent. And then that creates a rush. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And they hadn't had lamb. They had not had lamb in in, in uh, ten days. Not a not a. They had no lamb. No uh, French lamb chops. Nothing. All they had was a uh, really like a bone. I mean, it wasn't even a bone in. It was yeah. Well, I don't in. want my protein on ships at sea. <laughs> me, but, neither, well, me neither. Me neither. Uh, you know, the the first thing to do uh, a month out is to plan your meal. Exactly. I mean. 
your meal and your guest list. Yeah, exactly. Plan it. Plan it all out. We'll plan our seating arrangement. Mary Pryor will have the tablescape plan, which she does a phenomenal job of. Uh, we'll have the table may, may be set by the time I get home, but that, <laughs> you know. But I think that you know, I think it's important. I think you get that. You know, I, I like to look at Thanksgiving as a, as the season with not a lot of noise. I mean, Christmas is a wonderful season, but there's a lot of noise. You go, I got to make the cookies, I got to make the checks mix, I got to buy Sally Sue this gift. Is it going to fit? You don't get to spend the time. You know, really kind of enjoying it. You spend the time kind of being all tense about doing the right thing. I think Thanksgiving's a great time. You can give yourself enough time to celebrate that day uh, with family and friends and be thankful for everything you have. Yeah, I agree. Thanksgiving doesn't ask a lot of no, us. No. But uh, I started early this morning knowing we were going to be on here um, planning my Thanksgiving meal. And I know yesterday I had asked you if there was a Lebanese, if, <laughs> if you did pumpkin spice kibbe. No, no, if you did anything. But I was trying to think on my table, what are the things that I have to have at Thanksgiving? I don't have any other time of year. And one of those things is spinach madeleine. Really? Mm. Yeah, that's one of one of my traditions. Well, Mary, our, our tradition is... Since since I was told, not in such not a nice way, that uh, when I asked a question on uh, Facebook that uh, Thanksgiving is not celebrated in Lebanon, which I kind of knew anyway, but yeah. I, I, I got the hint. So, you know, usually Lebanese would have a traditional, at our house, we'd have, uh, you know, cornbread dressing, half oyster, half not, uh, coconut cake, half of it with pineapple, half of it not, string beans, but we'd always have kibbe. You'd always have raw and always have baked. But when I married Mary Pryor, two things that I'd never had in my entire life. One was her phenomenal dressing that she learned from the, their housekeeper, Adela, when she was young. Makes Mary Pryor it's a great dressing. But they had tomato aspic and homemade mayonnaise. I thought, homemade mayonnaise? What is that? Phenomenal. It's, it's really, really good. That's really old school, I mean, tomato, aspic tomato aspic and, and, and homemade great. mayonnaise. And uh, Scrooge's has a great tomato aspic. And they really? have uh, feta cheese in it. Just a little piece of feta. It's really, really good if you like homemade, homemade uh, aspect. So that's kind of our deal. Uh, those are two things we have to have that kind of bring all the families and all the traditions, you know, together. Now, you know, Mary Pryor are the only ones that eat it, but that's okay. We like it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and, yeah, speaking about tomato aspect, um, many of you know I owned a wonderful store called the Everyday Gourmet for about 30 years. And it's now owned by some someone who is smarter, and you know, in every way, and a great merchant. But there's so many stories to tell about working retail at Thanksgiving, and it was the one time of year that people would come in looking for Jello molds. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to find Jello molds these I know. days. I know. Yeah, so, and and aspic aspic rings. So every year, you know, like in August, I would have to search the catalogs to find a few aspic rings. Um, well, Mary now Pryor, I know why. Mary Pryor makes it in the little bitty anchor hocking glass, like uh, like uh, mise en place dish. Yeah, that way, you know, if we can. You don't have you don't have to waste a lot of it. You can you don't have to cut into it. You can eat it if you want to eat it. You don't have to. If you don't. So. Well, um, last year was my first year for. Cornbread dressing, believe it or not. Really? Because I'm an oyster dressing person. Uh-huh. But I was very inspired by cooking and coping because everybody was making oyster, I mean, uh, cornbread dressing. So 
I made actually Tim Pierce, who I, who was our next guest. I made his mom's cornbread dressing really? that he posted, and it was it's actually a, a cornbread chicken dressing. I've uh-huh. done it you know both ways, but. I can't wait to tell him that I'm going to start making and freezing my cornbread this week. Well, it was more fun, and it you know I I thought it was going to be hard, but it was delicious. So now we're a two dressing family. Well, that's good. That's great. I, I, I love oyster dressing. I love sometimes we just put oysters in the dressing we already have. So yeah, in that same dressing, which is you know not, not much different actually. Yeah, it's pretty good. So. Java, at your house, is this fried pie season for That's you? I, I kind of remember. I kind of remember from last year. Yeah, I want. I want to say, um, get well soon to my aunt Dilsey, who makes the fried pie. She had uh, surgery on her foot uh, about a week ago, and she's still recovering. So, Hope, hopefully, that doesn't. Uh, inhibit her from her hands from making pies. Oh, no. She, she has plenty of time to recover and get to the store and uh, <laughs> and make and make some uh, great fried pies. But, yeah, that's that's one thing for me. Also, I don't know how everybody feels about this, but I have to have the canned cranberry sauce with the rings on it. That's just me. Uh, no, I think, I think I, there are a lot of people. Look. That was one thing I learned on cooking and coping. Couldn't you have to be able to see the rings when, right. the, when it slides out of the, the can? Now, the question I'd like to ask the listeners is how many of you really use it? How many of you really use it or you just look at it? <laughs> I mean, because I I, like, I think it, we always buy it because we always did buy it. And we yeah. always, but I like the cranberry chutneys that, like, uh, ah, Stonewall yeah. Kitchens and people yeah, like that. Yeah, that's make. wonderful. They just, add, they just take the meal up a notch, in my, in my opinion. They, yeah. but, 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 but we still open the can. Put it on the platter, and <laughs> take a picture, and, and throw it in the garbage. Some, some great, uh, some great macaroni and cheese too. Yeah, okay. that's, that's Java's I, I, a mac and cheese a man. Mac and if cheese you, if you didn't. Mayor Pryor loves mac and cheese too. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, but some of the uh, that was uh, great that you said that about um, uh, freezing that uh, cornbread dressing, Carol, because that's one of the tips. If you can get some things uh, kind of out of the way already and right. put them in the freezer. That's right. Uh huh. I saw on one of the um, on one of the links I'm gonna post up with the uh, podcast of this show where it talked about. I don't know if you want to do this, but cook an entire Thanksgiving meal and freeze it with the different uh, turkey cuts and different uh, um, uh, vegetables and things like that. So you know, it's 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 available. It's out there. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> do make and freeze at least the casseroles. We'll freeze. Sometimes we'll freeze the dressing, but I think. Part of the Thanksgiving to me is the theater. Is, you know, it's, it's, the it's, theater it's the theater and, yeah, and the smells. And the smells, and you know when that when you start to smell the uh, you know the sage and the uh, and the the, the, the the all those wonderful spices, the, the poultry spot seasoning to just you know. You just know that it's 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 that time. It's time I'm, with you, I'm with you on that, Joe, because I love going to the uh, kitchen and getting shooed out the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing better than being right out of the kitchen. <laughs> so, know? Java, where do you have your Thanksgiving? Um, it just depends. Um, I think this um, this year we may go to um, Crystal, my wife's grandparents' house, which is in Louisiana, Alexandria, Louisiana. Um, but so, uh, sometimes we'll go up to Oxford or um, we will you know, pull family from various places and have it here in Jackson. So oh, wow. it just just depends. Right. Yeah. 
But um, let's go ahead and take our uh, second break for the hour because um, we got Tim Pierce on the line, and we're going to bring him up and talk with him a little bit. Oh, we're excited about that. I can't wait. But as always, we want to um, hear from you and what's happening in your kitchen. We're looking for your Thanksgiving stories. One eight seven seven MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send them to our email. We're going to be reading them all through November. That's food at mpbonline.org. But as I said, we're going to be talking with Tim Pierce uh, up next. One of the premier <laughs> posters from the Cooking and Coping Facebook page. He's always sharing some beautiful photos. And uh, we're going to talk to him more about that after the break. So stay tuned. You're listening to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman here with Carol Puckett and Joe Sherman this morning. And today we have a special guest joining us on the phone um, from Memphis, if I'm not mistaken. Carol, tell us who we are. from Memphis, Tennessee. He is in Memphis, Tennessee. (laughs) Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Good morning. Joe and I have been talking about how excited we are that, that you agreed to be with us on the show this morning because we both love looking at Man, your food yes. post. Makes me hungry <laughs> and we, jealous. Yeah, and wish you were here to eat pumpkin spice donuts <laughs> with us. But um, I would have to pass on the pumpkin spice. You've got to give it a shot. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, Tim, after all the years of dogging it, and I have been the leader of that, of dogging pumpkin spice, actually the latte and the donut were pretty good. <laughs> but but, but um, you and Joe have a, a history together. You are a designer and a you know, man of the world. You've taught music. You've had your own catering company. You've uh, designed Christmas ornaments in Hong Kong. You have a design business, and you worked at McRae's as a, a visual merchandising manager. In North Park, right, Tim? I did start at North Park, and on my 90-day review, I was nervous as a cat, and um, they promoted me to Tupelo, to the manager position. So, yeah, I enjoyed three and a half years with McRae's. It was a wonderful time. Well, great. We were we were very lucky to have you. I know that uh, it was a great company to work with, and uh, I had a I stayed a little longer. I stayed twenty seven years. So anyway. yeah, well, you, you you ended up as CEO. <laughs> yeah, so well. th- that's not so bad. All right. And uh, Tim's also from Boonville. I hope wherever Malcolm is, he's listening. Oh yeah. Because we have another Boonville boy. Great. Great. <laughs> Now, Tim, um, we appreciate you joining us today and um, talk about cooking and coping because Carol and um, uh, Joe have been schmoozing over your your photos for a while. How did you find your way to uh, the cooking and coping uh, Facebook page? Uh, actually, through Deep South Dining. Oh, uh, I perfect. found the podcast. Um, I oh, wow. listened to it every morning going to my jazzercise class driving there in Germantown and started listening to it and caught up on all of the, the series and then they mentioned uh, the Facebook page and so I joined immediately and quite frankly cooking and coping was my salvation during all of 2020 because it just gave me energy and it and enlightened me and gave me a platform for our dinners every night and it it 
I was already a member of two Facebook pages at the time that focused on food, but it, I found cooking and coping to be so open. Uh, it wasn't competitive. It was people sharing their life, basically, and it was always so refreshing and encouraging in a time that seemed so dark. So uh, it, it has really been a family of people that we've never even met, but at the same time share a lot of common interests. That, that is so true. It really yeah. created a community. Joe, Joe was over there getting a little emotional. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, you're, you're exactly right, Tim. I think the openness, the non-competitive, it, it was just, it was like one big happy family and trying to help one another, either encourage you on what they're doing, uh, learn more, uh, help. It was phenomenal during 2020. It helped. It, 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 it made getting up in the morning a lot better. And uh, anyway, you know, We're up continue. to 4,400 members now, but, you know, we're not really about numbers. Right. I mean, and being it's quality, influences. Quality. It's quality. And it's so different from Instagram because on Instagram – Everybody has to. It has to be, you know, precious, and you know, the the food is is just precious. Yeah. And on cooking and coping, it's it's real, but yours is precious and real. Yeah, for me, <laughs> you know, for me, there are you know several people, uh, you and Bob Lacour and Leanne, and then Julian Brunt with with sandwiches and and funny things. Y'all are my go-to people from, you know, for plating. It's, it's you know, I aspire, you know, I you know, aspire to put my Tim Pierce on the plate. But <laughs> many times I'll look at what you and your husband, Brant, are having for lunch that day or dinner, and I'll say, well, I can make that. And so I make it, and it looks like three globs <laughs> on a plate. So kind of go through your process of how you take you know, just good food and, and make it look fantastic. Well, I think the, the basics is just what we do in, in everyday life because you, you get up in the morning and you think about what you're going to wear and you try to make sure that it, it looks good. And for ladies, they accessorize and they use the Coco Chanel rule to take one thing off before they leave. So (laughs) if you think about that on the the plate, um, you just think about your foundation or your primary focus of the plate. You start there, make sure that that's on the plate where you want it to be. And then from there, you accessorize. So... Do we have all the time in the world to do that after you worked all day and whatever? I, no, not really. But my dad taught me anything worth doing is worth doing right. So I just make sure that everything goes on the plate and has some balance, that it has some texture. I think Leanne is just absolutely <laughs> brilliant with the textures that she creates. I honestly don't have that skill. When I try to do that look on a plate, it just looks like a mess. But mine is much more organized, and it offers color and texture and balance. And all of those are design terms. But, again, if you think about that in something that you love, whether that be fashion or even gardening, if you think about balance and how you make things look even or sophisticated, 
then that also applies to, to plating food. It, it, it really is that basic. It takes a little bit more time than just dolloping it on the plate and putting it on the table. Um, but, you know, it, if you want it to, if you really want to enjoy it, you know, take that time and, and effort. Sounds like you're dressing a mannequin. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that's, I mean, that's what I kind of that's what I kind of related it to. Is, the you know, I, you know, you you buy and you you know you eat with your eyes. I mean, you see it and you know automatically you start to taste it and that's what you want and that's what your that's what your food does for me and for everyone else that looks at it. Besides, make us jealous as hell that you we can't do it. But you know, <laughs> you, I mean, you do a great job of you know, you know, you have a hero shot and then you accessorize around it and then. You know, the focal point is what everybody's looking at, and, you know, they, 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 it makes them hungry. So you do it. I mean, it's fantastic. Well, your explanation has kind of cleared the clouds for me because I look at the plate more is like, you know, more like a wheel and a spoke, and I put, you know, the chicken and then next to it put the potatoes. But you can take a chicken breast and make it look marvelous, but I get what you're saying. You put the chicken breast in the middle of the plate. That's right. Yeah, but, you know, well, and and the other thing is, if you take a chicken breast and you slice it on the diagonal and fan it on the plate, that yes, that takes two more minutes, but it instantly upgrades the, the look. And then you drizzle your gravy across it, and you've got a piece of art. And it really is that simple. I, I it it does not a degree to do it. It just takes a little more time. Joe, weren't you showing me some research this morning that talked about your uh, Instagrammers? Well, I, I think it was a, it was a, it was some some research that was done that that the better the food looks, the better it tastes. Right, right. That, that they, they, they did they, some taste they took, tests. They took three. They took uh, I think it was. Uh, three salads, and they showed it to, and they mer- they merchandised them. They put the presentations in three different ways, and the one one was just thrown on a plate. One was organized, you know, semi, not like uh, Monk on, you know, not like Monk does when he eats his food, separates everything. But one was uh, arranged like a uh, painting from Kadinsky, and all of them thought that the one that was arranged like the painting tasted better, and it was the exact same salad the exact same ingredient so you know it was they thought because the way it looked that it tasted better and you know i think uh it just makes sense i mean you know you, like i said you, you you eat with your eyes you buy with your eyes okay i'm and gonna so many of give... our posters actually say um it's not real pretty but it sure did taste right well, <laughs> you, that's you me know, that's it, me <laughs> we don't always have the time to make it real pretty in fact brant will tell you that the picture that you see is always his place and my place is <laughs> flopped on right. i take the time to make his pretty and he has gained 10 pounds during covid and <laughs> i don't eat any of the starches or the carbs and whatever but anyway it's just uh it, it doesn't always have to be pretty to taste good, but when it is, I think it really does taste better. Uh, I have just pulled up a post that you did yesterday for Sunday brunch on South Main, which is where you and Brant live. <laughs> and I'm going to hand it over to Joe and let him talk about it from uh, 
a fashion perspective. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> we have poached eggs, potato pancakes, sawmill gravy with buttermilk. Oh, with buttermilk battered pork tenderloin. What do you think about that, Joe? And the last tomato of the season. Well, the first thing I see is the poached egg. So that's that's the focal point, you know, and it's been accessorized by the other other food elements around it. Uh, and it, you know, you know what's important. I mean, you showed what's important, and I just, uh, it makes you, you, you know it's going to taste good. Just by looking at it, you can tell it's going to taste great. Uh, and look, the tomato by itself, uh, with the color and the way it pops off that mostly neutral plat, uh, platter, really uh, kind of stands out on its own as well. So, And wouldn't you say the poached egg is perched upon something? Yes, it, it is. It's definitely perched <laughs> on a potato pancake, I'm assuming. <laughs> I mean, the poor pork, I mean, it's. I know it's probably, you know, fan, I know it's fantastic, but, you know, I think that the egg on top of the pancake is, is, is uh, the message that we're getting anyway. So how was brunch yeah. yesterday morning? Brunch was great. Um, I had that tenderloin left over, and Mom used to fry pork tenderloin for breakfast, and Ooh. that's what I did. And we had the pancake left over from last Tuesday night, so I heated that up and poached two eggs. And as I said, our farmer's market closed Saturday, so that is our last summer tomatoes. And to go back to your corollary, you, you think about the fact that the eggs and the potato pancake are basically a winter white ensemble. And then you've got you go. a leather shoe, a leather shoe with it that with the uh, pork tenderloin. And then because that is basically all neutral, what do you do as a, a woman if you're dressing? Red you put shoes. On a bright red lips. That's red right. lips. So, so there you go. The, the bright red tomato gives you a bright red lip or a, a great pair of red bobs in your ears and and there you go so it it really is you know something that everyone can do if you can take a few extra minutes and if you can think about it in something in terms that you're familiar with i mean whoever's doing it you know if you're absolutely you know maybe not in quote unquote foodie terms but in terms of whether you're you know a merchant or an artist or whatever you might be i think it's phenomenal now you, oh, excuse me. Do I need another you know, sip you of need my some pumpkin, pumpkin spice? spice. <laughs> <laughs> I got a seed stuck in his throat. I think it was his pumpkin seed. Yeah, I was just going to reset the interview. <laughs> We're talking with Tim Pierce uh, here on Deep South Dining with Carol Puckett, Joe Sherman, um, Java Chapman. And if you're um, just joining us, we're talking about some some of the ways that you could take some great, great food photography. And like uh, Tim said, it may take a few more minutes, but Joe pointed out that your food actually scientifically will taste better. That's right. <laughs> so if you got some, so some top plating tips that we found, uh, one is uh, create height on the plate. And then uh, Tim actually said this. You want to cut the meat horizontally. Uh, you want to play with the textures, use contrasting colors, even serve smaller portions. Because Yeah, um, Tim, I noticed that you do that. You, you look like you're real serious about your portions. <laughs> I am serious about the portion, but, you know, something that the other thing is about your canvas. What plate you actually use has to do with your finished product. I basically own, well, I own a lot of plates. I have to set up on that. But <laughs> anyway, I do have some uh, some china that has patterns, but I would be very careful in using those to so that it is something that holds up on its own. Mm-hmm. I, I can easily 
put a fillet on a pattern plate. I can easily put a, a beautiful dessert on a pattern plate. But if you've got three or four different items and a pattern plate, that does make your job, it, it's a, a challenge, you know. So then um, you have to get a, a little bit more creative with that and think about portion size. And, um, you know, believe it or not, the ice cream scoop is your friend. Yeah. It is okay to create a mound, but a smooth, you know, very um, controlled portion. You mean um, no mashed potato the, lakes like I used to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, honestly, the, the clump of mashed potatoes, no. But if you do that clump and then create your reservoir in it, and put your gravy in that, then again, you've got, that is very controlled and it, it is a design option that you've chosen. Hmm. So with the pattern plate, you, it, it's more difficult because you got to figure out a way for the pattern not to distract from the food because you, you're not eating the plate, you know, so I, I, well, I think. Well, and if your pattern has color in it, right. then, you know, you've got a challenge right there to make sure that you're coordinating the colors in your food with the colors on the plate or you you do get you know a, a really visually loud presentation. Wow! Great. And then the number one rule, like um, like most chefs in the kitchen, just express yourself. You know, express yourself, express how, yourself. how you see fit. You know, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, Java. I bet you can really express yourself on a plate. Well, I've uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> Tim, we talked a little bit earlier uh, in the show. We were talking about Thanksgiving preparation, and I confess that I had never made cornbread dressing until I reconnected with you and your mom's recipe in cooking and coping last year. So this week, I'm already making my cornbread. And well, freezing Carol, it. You, the, the, I started to say that the secret to that is you can make your dressing. Mother kept frozen dressing in the freezer all the time in case somebody died. So, I mean, <laughs> she was quick to be to the house with a pan of dressing as soon as somebody died. If, if I knew how many <laughs> coconut cakes and pans of dressing she made, you know, it, it was just the go-to to let people know that she cared. Wow. Yeah, it before was, the um, body was cold, she had, the, had that oh, cornbread. absolutely, for so sure. was the dressing. Um, you know, well, one thing I, I really I really loved about uh, doing your mom's dressing is, I mean, you were really big on a very strong stock yeah no pour, pouring it out of the the carton stock but um no yeah you that, have to boil the chicken basically you know and if you want to put aromatics in with it that that's perfect she did not she just did salt and pepper i i have upped the game on hers a, a little bit but not much honestly but yeah you start with the whole chicken and boil it slowly and let it simmer, you know, pretty much all day to create that depth of flavor. Joe's and getting hungry. <laughs> I love dressing. I love cornbread dressing. And a lot of people, when I posted the, the recipe, asked why I didn't put eggs in the, the mixture. Well, Mother put the eggs in the cornbread. Mm -hmm. She didn't use eggs in her daily cornbread, but she would put six eggs in her cornbread to make dressing. And that's where that richness and depth came from. Wow. Eggs and dressing aren't necessarily used for binder. 
because if you bake the dressing, it mm-hmm. binds on its own. But uh, to make to get that rich flavor, a lot of people add butter to their dressing. But um, mom did eggs, and that gave a much stronger depth of flavor. Well, I went to the trouble to take your recipe, and I, I really uh, wrote it in the same way you know, Joe and I worked with Viking and the Viking Cooking School and kind of the format you know we use I have ingredients and then for the chicken and chicken stock but I am going to hand this over to Java and ask him to post it Great. from our show today and it says Tim Pierce's mom's chicken and dressing <laughs> do you approve do you approve, you approve? I do All approve. right, that's very sweet all right, well, uh, we will make sure to put that up. And speaking of uh, cook, cooking and coping, we got a, a, a great Thanksgiving story from uh, Amanda Anglin. Um, Say, good morning. Thanksgiving is from my childhood. Man, lots of fun, family, and staying for a week. One year, here's one of those kind of disaster stories, but it makes for a good story. One year, we had dessert first because the oven didn't get turned on and the turkey uh. and the turkey <laughs> took a while to cook to occupy us kids my dad and uncle said the three-toed monster had been spotted in our woods so we went out and tried <laughs> to find the three-toed monster while uh, they were cooking the turkey oh that that is fabulous <laughs> three-toed monster story I that is a great out. story but um before before we go i just i'm still monitoring cooking and coping while we're here getting lots of comments um, just got one from Anita Grossman Horn, one of our cooking and coping people who just front moved from the Delta to Pine Junction, Junction Colorado, from oh. Itabina to Pine Junction. Wow. Mm, that's but um, <laughs> she asked, she saw the picture and said, is that a pumpkin donut, Joe? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, then Leanne Brandon says, Tim and Joe, two of my faves. Got another one that says, Tim Pierce is a fabulous guest. And Rick Anderson says, this is so much fun. Two favorite friends, Joe and Tim. That's how Tim and I found out we knew each other because uh, exactly. we, were, we were on that uh, Elaine Trigiani call, and I had Tim, uh, Rick Anderson painting that Mary Pryor purchased behind me. Right, Tim? Exactly. Yeah, that's how we found out. He said, wait, I know you. you. know Rick? <laughs> yeah, right. and then we found out. <laughs> well, thank you all for making this such Thanks, a happy Tim. day. Thank yeah. you all. I enjoyed it so much. Thank you. Yes, sir. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. I'm Java Chapman. Thanks again to our special guest host, Joe Sherman, this morning. And, of course, Tim Pierce for calling in. This this was fun, Carol. It really, really was. Stay tuned Good now. For, for now, you're talking with Marsha Ramsey and Southern Remedy at 11. And join us next Monday at 9 for more Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio.